an Ironic Media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. All right, today in the podcast, I have Anna Kowalska, and we are talking about scientific hand analysis. A couple of years ago, Anna read my palm and I was blown away. So I had to have her on the podcast. Anna knew I was going to have a podcast before I even knew it because it was in my hand, which is mind blowing. Anna shares the science behind scientific hand analysis, as well as how she uses Reiki, Akashic record reading, neurolinguistic programming, and EFT to help her clients find their sole purpose. Anna shares how she had a quote unquote perfect life and left it so that she could pursue her purpose and passion. If you want to learn more about Anna or how to work with her, go to AnnaKowalska.com. If you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with your friends and like us on Facebook and Instagram. But for now, here is Anna Kowalska. Let's get started. Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right, today on the podcast, I have Anna Kowalska, and I met Anna through a friend of mine, actually Stacia, who's been a guest on the podcast, who's also been my teacher and friend for a long time. I met her, I met Anna actually, because I wanted to get a hand analysis because it's a scientific hand analysis, which of course has science in it. So I'm kind of intrigued by that. I also was super blown away by it and everything that it revealed. And I wanted to have her on the podcast to share her experience being a scientific hand analyst. So welcome to the show. And it's great to see you again and talk to you. And I'm happy to have you here. Thank you, Amy. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Cool. So how did you get into this? Because it's, you know, scientific hand analysis kind of a little out there. It is. And it completely found me. It's not (laughs) something I ever would have looked for. Quick background story, which I know we'll go into into it a little bit deeper. But in my 20s, I ended a relationship, which was my whole entire life. And Mm. I went into six months of searching for answers. And my version of searching for answers were really the and the only answer actually I didn't let me just be clear I didn't want any answer I wanted one answer I was about to get married and I ended that I wanted to know when I'll get married that's the only thing I wanted to know (laughs) (laughs) I didn't go seeking for answers I just needed somebody to tell me specifically what is going to happen so I went to every psychic and every tea leaf leader and numerologist and I mean anything of anybody who had some kind of a predictive in their, in their title, I would seek out. I found a friend who wasn't a friend until we found each other. She was in a similar position and we made a second job out of it. We would line up our (laughs) appointments next to each other. We would schedule our drive together and then compare notes. I mean, it became this, this obsession for good six months. I didn't get my answer. (laughs) Nobody would tell me when I will get married. (laughs) Wow. I I mean, I'm a fan of not telling people those kinds of things. So I can understand that. But yeah, that's frustrating. Yes, I'm so with you on that now. But then I just wanted somebody to ease my pain, right? Because that's Mm. all it was. I was lost. I was confused. And I just wanted somebody to give me something I could attach to for the false sense of safety and security. right? Right, right, right. So at the six month mark, I looked at my bank account and I said, wow, that's like at least a couple really awesome vacations that I invested in all that seeking for the one answer that I never got. That's crazy. And I also recognized that it became an obsession. So I stopped and I said, I am never going to look for anything outside of me again. And I didn't say it that way because this was like two decades ago. I didn't have the awareness I do now with the language. But when hand analysis found me, the story was still running on a background for me. Like I am not going to any hand analyst or palmist or anything like that. It doesn't work for me. Actually, you know what? I missed one really crucial part. I went to one guy. This is how it ended. I went to one guy who looked at my chart. I can't even remember. It might've been, who knows, some kind of an astrology chart. And 
when I asked him, I don't even know if it happened, but in my mind, I made up a story that he looked at me with pity, like I'm never going to get married. <laughs> oh God. That's what my mind remembers. I oh, forgot no. the special part. That's really when I was like, hold on, this is crazy. What am I doing? So when my friend told me about hand analysis, I said, I don't care what it is. I am not doing it. That's when she told me, no, no, it's different. There is no prediction in it. The lines in your hand actually tell you how your brain is wired and your fingerprints are a message from your soul. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. So I was willing to do some research about it and read up on it. I said, okay, there is no prediction. It actually, it, it tells you about who you are and it gives you the, we call it purpose. I don't call it purpose, but it's a way you came here to be embodied. So your purpose could be revealed to you. Mm-hmm. But at a time, the way we were talking about it is it's your purpose. I'm like, who doesn't want to know their purpose? So I did have my hands analyzed and it was the most powerful experience I've had. I haven't had one like that since where I was being seen or somebody was telling me things about me. And it wasn't like, hey, when you were 16, you left Poland. Or when you were 25, you broke up a marriage. It was things about how I am in the world, things I hide about myself. Mm. That this woman asked me questions about, and I'm like, how did you know that? This is exactly how I am in these situations. This is exactly what I pretend, right? That I won't tell anybody that I do. I used to walk around and say I'm an artist, but I don't know what kind. And the first thing she says, what's your relationship with art? I had none. Mm. So these things were, were just, she was sharing with me that, that awakened something in me and I was seen. And from then on, at this point, I think it's like eight and a half years ago now, I went on a journey to see how do I now become more of that person that I knew was inside of me, but wasn't living that way. Mm. That's how it happened. <laughs> so would you say that that was your dark night, the not getting married and then trying to figure all that out? Oh, that was definitely a huge, huge part of my dark night of the soul. Yes, I was about to get married and I had a dream life on paper. I mean, we were multimillionaires, we had houses, we had dogs, we had cars. I was about to get married in a castle and I was spending, I mean, a dream life. And I was a girl born and raised in Poland in a communist country where you kind of get what you get and you don't ask for more, right? Come to America and within literally less than a decade, I'm in this amazing dream. I'm living this amazing dream on the North shore of Long Island. My house was on a golf course. It had a pool house and like we created it together. I'm like, what just happened? And one night, actually I'm lying. It was a morning. One morning we were renovating our house and we get a phone call from the general contractor that says, okay, we're coming in and we, and we are doing your, your suite today. And we're like, my fiance and I looked at each other and we're like, what? So we ran to the bathroom and started packing our stuff. Like if you've ever renovated a house, you know, it's like, you got to clean your stuff up because they're going to take down the walls. Right. I don't know how <laughs> we didn't know about it till this morning, but Hey, <laughs> So I'm standing in the bathroom and my ex-fiance is standing there and he's handing me over a toothbrush. And I don't know why toothbrush, but he handed me a toothbrush and it is very symbolic if you think about it. And as he hands me a toothbrush, I grab it. And all of a sudden I felt my wings and I didn't know they were my wings, but there was something on my back that was tied up with a rope. And I felt the tightening. Mm. I felt like something on my back was tied up in a rope and it was just holding, it was holding me hostage. I didn't know what it was but I had this sensation. And very quickly, I decided this, this is not the relationship I'm supposed to be in. So everything that was created around this relationship had to go. Mm. And I was lost. But there was this identity of me living a certain life that I now had got to recreate. I got to now recreate on my own, but I had no idea how. So I spun into drinking. I spun into spending time with people I really shouldn't. I was making choices to numb out. I was really doing anything I could to numb out. And it lasted for a couple of years. It, it definitely, I mean, looking from the outside, I hope people didn't know because if they did know, somebody should tell me something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing with your life? What is your plan? <laughs> Who are you spending your time with? And without going, <laughs> I can share some crazy stories where one, any, any one of those times I should have just said, what are you doing, Anna? But I didn't hmm. until I did. 
I started so let's, to, let's talk about yeah. that for a second. Yeah. You know, so a lot of people don't realize that they numb in order to not have to handle the situation, or maybe they're aware of it, but they don't realize how normalized it's become, you know, especially yeah. in 2020. So like you were getting these wake up calls, but you were like, I don't want to deal with this. And really what you were saying was, I don't want to deal with the fact that I didn't get married and, and I, I thought I had the dream. Do you know what happened there? Like, was it just this gut feeling this was the wrong person or was there some major issue that you just didn't address for a long time or ever? <laughs> so looking, good questions. I mean, so looking back and digging up and ripping that story apart because I created so much in that moment when I chose, I created so much story that I was living out for years to come. So I've been doing a lot of work around looking, what was it? Mm. And at this point, the only thing that I can tap into is that I would have not been on a journey that I'm on if I stayed in that relationship. And sure. I don't even know if that's true, but that's, that's what I can see right now, right? If I have chosen that path, I probably would have not, there was a pretty good chance I would not be living where I am. I would not be doing the work that I'm doing. We were financially doing really well. Mm -hmm. And when that's present, it's human nature. We don't strive for anything different because why would I rock the boat, mm -hmm. right? So I would have been probably doing the work we were doing, which had nothing to do with spiritual awareness or the work I'm doing right now. I might've gotten into crystals and yoga at some point, but I doubt highly that I would dig deeper and start dealing with my emotions and dealing with my dark side and dealing with self-sabotage. Mm. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't because the environment that I would have been in would create a comfortable place where I just wouldn't have to. Right. Right. Exactly. I, I understand that. It just yeah. sounds like you had such an amazing life that you had built and it sounds so quick that you made that decision, but I'm sure it was building inside of you and just, it was well known in that moment. For sure. And you know, in my experience, A, we may know some things ahead of time, but when spirit tells you something and it's so clear, if we're mm. willing to listen it's like, you got to move on it. I mean, I've made decisions since then when I was aware of what was happening, where spirit told me you're moving to Colorado. And it took me six weeks to like find an apartment, sell everything I had, pack my life in a car and move. There was no drawn out decision-making because I knew that that came from place. I cannot explain, right? Came from spirit, came right. from my soul. And I don't question that. So where we are right now in the world where people are dealing with, a lot of us are being introduced to that idea even more often where the relationships we've been creating around us, there's nothing wrong with them, but what if they were created to keep us safe? And now we get to make different choices, nothing to do with the person, maybe where we live, maybe the work we do, we are being directed to something and we get to listen. And when it's clear, we get to take action on it, no matter how crazy it sounds like living a dream life, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It takes a lot of guts to do that. Yeah. And I really didn't know it at a time. I feel like part of me was really naive about life. And thankfully, because again, I mean, I could have had a really cushy life and I would not have been living the way my soul intended me to live. Right, You would have been suffering on the inside. Absolutely. I would have probably been, who knows, drinking. I might've cheated on my spouse. Who knows? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anything to distract myself from what was really going on inside of me. Right, right, right. So what did you learn in your hand analysis? Did you find out if you were going to get married or when you were going to get married? Was that revealed? <laughs> no, because hand analysis, scientific hand analysis does not tell that. Now, meanwhile, I didn't think so. <laughs> yeah, I'm 45 years old and I'm still not married. I'm in a relationship, a committed relationship, but I'm still not married. So I wonder okay. how much of that guy is still in my head. You know, the guy who gave me this cynical look, <laughs> pitiful look. <laughs> She's still probably somewhere in my psyche telling me, yeah, girl, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So hand analysis, what I learned by the time when I had my hand analyzed, I was living in Manhattan. I was already on my spiritual path. However, I was already actually certified as a coach, but I wasn't doing that work. And I was still very fully immersed in mortgage and real estate world, which is where I've, I was this is how we made the money in the prior relationship, how I've made money since then. It was my safety net for many, many years. Again, I'm living in Manhattan, presumably a great life. I had a great apartment, great friends. I lived a free life. I had everything I wanted and needed, yet still something was nagging inside of me. 
And I wasn't as desperate as I was in the past, but I knew there was something that I still haven't connected with. And I was now able to do it because I wasn't numbing out anymore. I was able to know that there is still something that I am not connecting with. Mm-hmm. So which is why my friend recommended hand analysis. And when I had the hand analysis, the woman who read my hands, who then became my coach actually, she asked me about creativity and art. And again, I used to walk around the streets and say, I'm an artist, but I don't know what kind. I wasn't born with any known you know, artistic inclination. It wasn't fostered in my family. So I'm like, I'm an artist, but I don't know what kind. Like, where is this coming from? What what is these words coming out of my mouth? I don't even know. I don't understand it. (laughs) Yeah, it was like when I figured out I could heal with my hands. I'm like, what is this all about? I've never even heard anybody who could do this. Right? Yeah. Craziness. What? (laughs) What's wrong with me? (laughs) So this woman actually asked me, she said, what role does art play in your life? And I just release this vision of my life that I, I was like, whoa, this, this lived inside of me, but I never knew. And, and she, when she asked me this one question, the vision just came through. That was what gave me permission to keep listening. And then she kept sharing with me and asking me how I show up in different situations and where I feel comfortable showing myself or I don't say same with healing. She asked me about healing. Like, do you, do you ever recognize that you have, you know, intuition or do you trust your intuition? So I found out some things that were also leaderships. I've always been picked as a leader. I've always resisted it. Hmm. And it's part of my path that my soul wants to have an experience of. But then I also learned how I stop myself every time. So in hand analysis, we also learn what is this life lesson we came to master this lifetime. And the life lesson isn't something that we want to learn once and avoid ever since. Hopefully we never, ever have to learn it. It's not something like that. It's actually, we want to embrace it fully because it's our, when we learn what our life lesson is and then keep seeking it every time we raise our frequency, every time we awaken deeper or every time we create something new in life, the life lesson will be right there to remind us where the edge is. It's going to show up. It's going to knock us down if we're not aware of it. So knowing where it is, we can now look for it and say, oh, okay, this is my opportunity for growth. It will not feel good. <laughs> I probably won't like it. <laughs> right. But if I don't move through it with grace and compassion, I will be where I am. And I will keep just going in a circle instead of a spiral. So I learned what my life lesson was, which was completely accurate about what was happening in my life. And that gave me permission to give myself compassion. I'm like, mm. oh, I chose to keep learning about self-worth. That's part of my life lesson because life lesson can have several facets. So part of mine is going mute and self-worth. Sorry, say that again. What Going mute. mute. Like not saying anything. Well, actually not speaking up, not using my voice. So so is that why you said the toothbrush was symbolic? It was, it was, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ah. it was symbolic, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't using my voice. I was outspoken and I could definitely start a conversation with anybody, but that's not going mute. That's just saying things, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not really, your true voice. Yeah, exactly. And actually the funny thing is that when I meet people and, and read their hands and it is part of their lesson, they are the loudest people. They are the ones who say the most because it's a way to hide. Nobody will ask you if you're speaking up, nobody will ask you, why are you so quiet? What do you think? And you can hide your truth. And that's my experience. You can hide your truth because whatever you say, people will just take you for it, especially mm-hmm. if you're confident in it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I used that one for a very long time. <laughs> one of my life lessons was going mute, which means I wasn't using my voice to share things that really mattered to me or share things that I knew about life. I adapted to whatever people around me wanted me to say, whatever would get me love, whatever Mm. would get me acceptance. And the other part is self-worth. So put them together and what I say is not value. It's not worth it. So if I really tell you my truth, I would, the feedback I will get because of this lesson is that, what do you know? Don't say anything. People will be replying, literally turning away. One of the experiences I had, and I still do, is I will say something and crickets. 
if I'm in a circle of people, somebody else will say the same exact thing that I just said. And everybody all of a sudden is like, oh my God, it's genius. Mm -hmm. So that's because what I say is not valued. And if that is operating in a moment, then that's the experience I'll have. What I say is not valued. Somebody else will say the same thing. All of a sudden it's valued, right? It was soul crushing until I realized that was one of the ways my lesson shows up. Hmm. That is so interesting. So you're saying that your soul experiences that different experience from somebody else being validated Mm -hmm. simply for your benefit. 100%. To basically to poke you to then what become even louder or what would would you, what would you suggest? Yeah. Great question. So for me and how I guide my clients who have this lesson is how much do you believe in what you're saying? How much do you really believe that what you say has value? What if you really believe what you're saying has value? (laughs) Then you wouldn't have that experience. Then you wouldn't have it. Okay. Yeah. Part of you still doubts. Will they love me if I say it? Will they think I'm crazy? So one of the ways that it happens to so you'll say something, well, I'll say something or somebody who has this lesson, because there are only so many lessons. We all have our own flavor of it, but they have certain particular ways they show up. So I'll say something that I am passionate about. I'll put all my belief and heart out on it and then crickets, which is even worse than somebody saying it <laughs> and then getting the credit because it's like, wow, like your mind goes wild. What are they thinking? Oh my God, they're going to, they're about to kick me out. They're never going to talk to me again. You know, it's like all the fear of being abandoned. If you say something that just might've been completely out there and now everybody thinks that you're nuts, never invite you to the party again. (laughs) Right, right, right. Right? So, wow, that's, that sucks as a lesson. Every single lesson sucks if it's a lesson. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Right. So you're saying that it's, even more imperative for you because it's your lesson that you let go of all judgment around what you're saying. Yes. You know, all that matters is that you believe it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And the, so there are aspects to it, right? Maybe you're speaking to the wrong audience if there are crickets, if somebody else is being heard, but you're not being heard. Maybe you're not in the right environment for that. And yes, are you truly, truly aligned with what you're saying? Is, is this something that you truly believe? Or did you hear it somewhere? It sounded good. So you're repeating it now. There are layers to it. So first, what happens to me right after I say something and nobody says anything, or I say something and I don't get acknowledged, but somebody else does. How do I react to it? Right, right. Do I that's, let it cut That's me? the lesson. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Do I make it mean something so I'll never speak again? Or do I see, oh, this is my lesson. So I can look at the, all these different things. Am I really aligned? And do I truly believe in what I'm saying? Am I living what I'm saying? Is this the right audience? Or maybe it is all of those things, but it's the, the, the quote unquote test is how will I be in this right now? Will I shrink and fold into myself? and never speak again, make up a story and hide under covers? Or will I go out tomorrow and share my message again? Hmm. Just as boldly. Mm-hmm. Right. So what, what other lessons are there in, in your hand that you can see? Okay. So there is a lesson about being powerless in life. That's a good one. Being powerless in life, being a victim, believing like you can't do anything and everything is already, is, is already predetermined. There's nothing you can do. Even awake people who have this lesson will have difficulty seeing how they are choosing certain conditions so they don't move forward mm. on their purpose. Yeah, even aware and awake people have difficulty seeing it. And there are deep layers to it. I'm just giving you like top level, right? There is the self-worth and value. Those two are huge with money. So it will show up in money and how much we charge. There is a lesson about fear of rejection. That's creativity, fear of rejection, paralyzing fear of rejection. And there is the lesson about going mute. There is a lesson about not trusting your intuition, which means you're completely living in this illusion of a world. And you have illusions about what world really is, how you see the world and not really trusting your intuition, but creating something to validate your stories from childhood, even Mm. when you know it's happening. Mm. (laughs) There is a a lesson about being a black sheep. Interesting. Yeah. And there is a lesson about feeling like a failure. No matter what you do, you feel like a failure. And then there are combinations because I just, I was going to say, (laughs) sounds like I have a lot of those (laughs) or been through a lot of them, I should say. 
the interesting things is you may have flavors of it and there is still the lens, right? There is still the lens through which you can look at the lesson of whatever is happening. For me, I will always look at if some something is happening, I will look and see, is it my self-worth? Is it my worth lesson or is it my going mute lesson? Which one is showing up here right now? That's my, that's my lens. That's a good way to look yeah. at it. Yeah. Instead of going all over the map, I now can focus in and say, oh, got it. And I know that if I am a certain way with the situation, I will have a breakthrough which will expand me. Because mm. that's why it's there, period. Yeah, that's cool. Because you can just be like, oh, this, it's almost like a game. It's like, oh, okay, this is what's showing up. And so I will just handle it the way that I'm most spiritually evolved and handle it. <laughs> right, yeah. To the level to which I can right now be bigger than what's going on, I Right, will. yeah. yeah. Huh. Mm -hmm. Wow. So what else can we learn from our hands? So we can learn our mapping of our brain. So for example, your heart line, your lifeline, your lifeline has nothing to do with how long you live. It actually has to do with how you run energy through your body and what you mm. require for the healthy flow of energy through your body. That's what the heart line is? The lifeline. Lifeline. The lifeline. Okay. Is. Lifeline. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it has to do with a relationship with our family too, but it has nothing to do with how long you're going to live. So scientific hand analysis is based on palmistry, ancient palmistry. And even ancient palmistry wasn't really predictive. What it said was your brain is wired in a certain way that has you be a certain way in life. And based on that, there will be a certain result. It really didn't have much to do with prediction. But the way it was started to be used hundreds of years ago is to tell, to advise young men on the perfect profession for them. What is the thing oh. that they would be successful in? Mm -hmm. huh. And it was for young men because young women, of course, did not have a profession in, you know, 1500s. Right. So it evolved into that tool. And in 1968, I'm pretty sure that was the year, 1968, Richard Unger, who is, who is the creator of this system, Got a download. He doesn't call it that, but he was in Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> oh, really? Huh? Yes. And he was nudged to pick up a book and it was about palmistry. And he was sent on this lifelong journey to start studying hands. And he put his hands on anything he could find and developed a system. And then he tested it on hundreds and thousands of hands. That's the reason why it's scientific, because he actually took characteristics. He then interviewed people and looked for the things that were similar based on what he learned from the books about the experiences these people had, and then started to compile a data bank and put a system together that, okay, if you have these formations on your hands, this is your experience of life. Now, people are like snowflakes. They are never two the same. I have never seen two pairs of hands that are like mm. another. However, there are certain characteristics that are very similar, and there'll be a certain similar experience of life. If you have the same lesson as I do, your heart lines will be different. Your heart lines are about your love life and how you receive and give love. So your experience of going mute in relationships may be different than mine because of your heart line. Your purpose may be different, which purpose overlaid with the life lesson, your experience of the same lesson will be very different because your strengths are very different than mine. So even though there is a science, and the science means that it's repeatable and mm -hmm. teachable, that's the science part of it. You can literally look it up and say, if your heart line looks like this, it means this. Never exactly like that, which is where interpretation comes into place. Mm -hmm. But the science is behind it is that it's been researched, documented, repeatable, and teachable. So I just want to let everybody know that in order to get a scientific hand analysis, I had to put ink on my hand. I had to place it down. And then you, you actually helped me do that, which was great because mm -hmm. then I got a good reading from my hand. And then you look at the paper, right? You yeah. don't, you're not even looking at my hand, right. which is so cool because you don't need to be in person. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, you actually got a special treatment. <laughs> I did your yeah. We knew each other. Tell us more. Like I, this is so fascinating. So the way that I use it now, and I want to share this because where we are in the world right now, a lot of people are waking up to how have I been living my life? What's really going on? I mean, I just spoke to a friend just an hour ago. She was stripped away and she's already aware, living an aware life. She's already awake and aware and, and, and on her journey. All of a sudden, her job goes away. She's part of a ministry. Her ministry kicked her out. I'm not giving a name, so I don't mind sharing the details. All of a sudden, all these things from her life are, are going away. And that's the experience for a lot of people right now, right? As we moving into creating the new earth and creating life, giving new meaning to what we're creating, 
all of that is being new. And we get to create from nothing because we get to leave our perception of what anything is behind. Mm-hmm. So what do we go on? I mean, for, for this friend of mine, which is a perfect example, because I know a lot of people are in the same place, you know, jobs are going away, systems are going away. And this is not a scary thing. To me, this is exciting because people are forced to start looking within. Right. And if my life is not about this job or my life is not about this business, it's been in, in my life for generations. So I started because this is the only thing I knew. If my life isn't about this circle of friends that I'm no longer associated with, that gave me my life meaning, then what is my life about? That's where I take hand analysis. It's like, great. If you have nothing to sink your, sink your proverbial teeth into, speaking of a toothbrush, <laughs> <laughs> here is something that when I share with people, it isn't out of the blue. Very rarely are people shocked about what I tell them because there are parts of them that already have lived it to a degree or have known it, but denied it because they knew that if they owned these parts of themselves, life would have to change. But life is changing right now anyway. You don't want it to be any other way because the systems we created for generations aren't supporting us. Where are we going? I'm passionate about hand analysis, but anything like human design or astrology chart, like any of that taken in into introspection, right? Finding out something about ourselves that we always knew and getting confirmed and having it be just a place where you get to put your first foot in even if you don't know what the rest of your life will look like, putting your foot down and saying, this is my next step. Like when I learned about the creativity and being an artist, I'm like, I don't even own a crayon. What do I do with this? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Great. I can't make a living of this. I'm not going to move mountains today, but what can I do with this right now that will give me a starting point? Hmm. Or it's my next a lot more authentic expression of who I am. And things can start falling into place very, very quickly, very quickly. I use the hand analysis to guide people into, great, if you already have something in existence, but it doesn't feel right, what can we add into how you are being based on what's in your hands that will give it texture? And all of a sudden you become a magnet. Because the more authentic you are, the more aligned with you are with who you are, the universe will start responding by saying, hey, here are two people that need to work with you right now. They need mm-hmm. you right now, but they couldn't see you because you weren't being who you are, right? Mm-hmm. You were hiding part of you. Or here is an opportunity that you couldn't see before. It's always been here, but you couldn't see before because you were so blocked by everything else that was happening in life, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's news or COVID or whatever, or just the same excuses we've used for years, like children, jobs, health insurance, right? Right. (laughs) You can now start choosing differently. Blank Mm -hmm. slate. What would you do? Any tools like these. Now, I happen to be passionate about hand analysis because it gave me the trajectory. It gave me the direction and it keeps giving me the direction. And I keep using it with my clients and it keeps keeps proving over and over to be so powerful. Anything like that right now is really, I think it's such a gift that we can receive because we get to be authentic and we get to create a whole new way of life on earth, especially, all right, I'm going to, I don't know how, how deep you go, but I'm going to say this. Go. <laughs> there are, anybody who's born right now has raised their soul hand. And I actually say it this way, their, their soul has raised its little soul hand. If you saw, mm-hmm. if you saw the movie soul, little soul hand. <laughs> Have you seen that movie? No, I got to oh. see it. I know. I know. So cute. <laughs> You'll love it. So there is a little soul and it looks like a drop of rain and it has a little hand and it's, it raised its hand and it said, I will come down to earth. I will embody in this human costume and I will have a set of uncomfortable experiences that will grow me to be somebody who will set up the, the world and humanity for the next generations to come. We are in such a beautiful moment for humanity. Everybody who is alive right now agreed to be here and play a role, whether we like it or not, whether mm-hmm. it seems crappy. We agree to it. Those of us who listen to your podcast right now, because if somebody isn't awake or curious, they wouldn't be, right? Right. We already know deep inside of us, we came here to architect it. And if we don't step in and play the role, there will be something missing in the fabric of what we are weaving. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we have an obligation more than ever, I think, in humanity to own up to what we were born for, do the work, get mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and share, just bring ourselves into it. And that's really the biggest thing. What we do is in really, this is why I'm going to go back to the purpose. I am dismantling the whole idea that purpose is something we do. Purpose is who we came here to be. 
certain way we came here to embody the frequency that flows through us. Then we get to choose. There are some ways that are more fitting for some than others. If you truly are here to be a healer with your hands, you shouldn't be an accountant because you're wasting your energy on numbers. You may create some magic with numbers, Hmm. (laughs) but you are missing out. Like you, imagine you being an accountant. No, it's horrible. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. So yes, there are certain ways that we can embody what we came here to be better than others. The most important thing is who are we as we create as we do the thing we do that's the purpose and then once we be who we came here to be and that's gonna constantly involve there isn't an end point then the work we came here to do will become clearer too every single step i'm sure your business i know undergoes constant evolution yes yeah yeah because the path keeps opening up to you because you keep stepping into it and different kinds of people come in and inform you that hey you get to shift how you do your things to accommodate this group now. It's pretty amazing what can be revealed and both when you are quiet, but also through the scientific hand analysis. It's a great tool that we can look at. I mean, I was blown away with with some of the things that you were saying. I just started thinking about them. And one of the things that I'll just say was in my hand that blew me away. I don't know if you remember my reading, but you did say that I would be in the spotlight, that I would be doing something like podcasting. And this was before mm-hmm. I did any podcasting. And I had been on people's podcasts, but I didn't have my own. And you were like, and it's only you, like, it's not, you know, <laughs> something that you do with other people and meaning on their podcasts and things like that. I remember thinking, I, I know that, I know that inside me, but I remember the Amy that grew up that was like, I just want to not be having attention on me or anything like that. Like that was who I was until I woke up. And then all of a sudden I had this burning desire to share what I learned. It's so funny to me because I ran from the stage. <laughs> I didn't just like walk from the stage. But I had people who I knew that wanted to be on stage, like my twin sister, you know, she was always in the spotlight. And so it was fine. It was just you, you do that. I'm not going to be there. And then here I am, you know, 25, 40 years later, whatever it was. It's just so amazing that it was in my hand the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, what's amazing too is in my experience, everything that we have set up in our childhood, because radical responsibility, we set it up, we invited certain players into our life subconsciously, like your twin sister was a perfect setup for you to hide. Perfect, right? Totally. I I love you so much. I just want you to be in a spotlight, a way for you to hide. So in my experience, our childhood, things that happen, even like tragic things, you know, where where people come and tell me, oh, and I lost them. What happened with your mom? And that's only because now I do have intuition. I do have psychic abilities and I do use them in hand analysis, but I go first off of the science. And there is actually a, a line that indicates a, a relationship with a mother. And this person had this marking. And I said, what happened with your mom? Try, I mean, terrible relationship with her mom, like downright abuse. But everything that happened set her up for a breakthrough later on in life. It's like we are living the opposite of who we are as children. So we can learn to persevere hmm. and break through wow. to who we truly are. Yeah, it's it is like that. It's so amazing. I I was actually having another conversation with somebody along these lines. He's on the podcast, and it's just it's so beautiful and so messed up and so perfect. (laughs) It's like it's so it's such a paradox. Like it's mind blowing in all of its ways. You know, the dark nights come, and then the light is shown, and you figure out who you are, and then your next dark night comes. It's just like this wonderful evolution. And it's so frustrating and so hard at times and so maddening, but it's so perfect and it's so beautiful all at the same time. And, um, and yeah, that was a cool way. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I am so different from when I was a kid. I was sick. I was quiet. I was wanting to not be in the spotlight. I didn't speak up. I didn't have opinions. Like <laughs> it was like anything that I am now. I was not then. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally by design. In my experience, it's totally, it's like, wow, there is the soul saying, this is who I'm going to be. This is going to be my experience of life. Yet I will set myself up as a kid to have all of these opposing forces at me. Because if you think about it, right, I just had this visual. How does birth happen? Breaking through with force, right? Mm. We couldn't have this experience of breaking through into who we truly are if we were born that way and, and had everything handed to us. 
there would be no human experience of, of like challenge, which grows us. And we're here to experience what is it like to apply the force, even if you're in a feminine energy, right? Because it's feminine births anyway. So wh- who am I? How much stronger can I get? How much more resilient can I get? How much more, you know, untouchable can I get or unfuckable with? I hope it's okay to say. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> to be who I truly came here to be, like, if you didn't have those experiences as a kid, you would have just da 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 da, da through life. And what is like, what's the purpose of that? Mm. That's how I look at it now. Doesn't mean that it doesn't suck sometimes when things happen and I don't want them to. <laughs> but it is if once you're awake, what you kind of have this constant dialogue with yourself. Like you just mm-hmm. know that you're always trying to evolve. I have a question about my hand that yes. is very unique, very interesting. I have no idea if it means anything but I have an inkling that it does. So right before I started the podcast, I was opening a can of tomatoes. So it was right before the launch. The can of tomatoes sliced my hand in such a way that it continued a line on my hand for the most part, like connected to that were broken. And I was like, wow. So I want you to take a look at it, see if you can see. It it was right. Let me just make sure I'm pointing to it properly. So it's right here. So it's a scar that's there now. What line is that? Do you know? That's probably part of your heart line. Now, what lines did it connect? I don't know. (laughs) I don't remember these things. It was right here. Move it just away just a little bit. Yeah. So, okay. Your heart line, the way it's showing up, and I don't have your prints in front of me. I should have pulled them. But it's it's a heart line of somebody who is, I want what I want and I want it now. Do you remember that at all? (laughs) I don't remember that, but that's very interesting. And where you cut yourself, so your heart line right now goes like this. Now your cut was over here. So this area in itself is about, and it's your right hand or your left hand? It's, it's your my left. left. Hand. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So this hand is, this area over here is about personal power and personal leadership, leading yourself, knowing that you can, passion, zest. So when a heart line goes the way your cut went, I'm doing it backwards like this. Yeah. It is a Samaritan heart. So your heart is about like the way I'm seeing it right now is about you. And the way the cut would be is about other people. Yeah. that. So when I researched it, it looked like that. It looked like you have abandoned all, what did it say? Life's material things to be of service to others. Yeah. Like a, like a Samaritan, right? Like yeah. Samaritan. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not so, I don't like that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I may have, but I'm like, why does it have to be? I have to abandon all my material things in order so, to be a Samaritan. Consider that it's just one person's interpretation. Okay. Right. Because yeah. in my world, you actually get to have everything you need and require to be of service to others. Otherwise, you're just being a murderer. A, mar- a, mar- a murder. Martyr. Murder. Murder. <laughs> <laughs> that. A murder. Martyr. Yeah. Yes. Because even, even, right? Mother Teresa. She was not poor or broke at all. Hmm. She, she had, like, if you do research, she had great wealth, great wealth. And no, she didn't wear golden robes or lived in a big castle, but she had everything she needed and required. She was very wealthy. She just chose to use that money to help others. That was her choice. She had everything she ever needed and wanted. And the world that we are stepping into, this is so good you said that, light workers are being called to own their worth. And the worth of the frequency that's flowing through them. It's a whole other conversation. I know I have like two minutes to say it. Oh, no, no. You got time. Don't don't worry. All right. So there is a frequency. There is an energy that flows through us. Life force, right? There is an energy that flows through us always. And when we are aware, we are more aware that is actually energy flowing through us. The more of a value that we are willing to treat this energy with, the more we value we're creating in the world, that means the more value comes back to us. So... Healers and light workers, magicians, goddesses, the ones who usually say, oh no, you know, I'm only going to work with, with, for, with people for free or, or sliding scale or, and not to make no judgment, but this right, is just my stand. Right. Of this course. Is my stand. People who have that conversation about others are diminishing ability. And first of all, their own value of the frequency that's already flowing through them, which is flowing from universe, God, source, whatever you want to call it. So who are we to diminish its value, the value mm. of life force that's flowing through us? And I'll talk about it in a second. But we're also doing it to the other person by saying, you are not worthy of being resourceful and resourced 
So I'm going to offer you a sliding scale. I'm not going to hold you as high and resourced and, and worthy of it. I'm going to hold you as somebody who is incapable and doesn't have the value, doesn't have the value in exchange that could then bring the value to them so they could invest in whatever it is I'm offering. Mm. Does that make sense? So that you're just saying that they don't value it enough because you don't, you aren't valuing your. Yes. And we literally are devaluing the other person. I mean, it's literally me saying, poor you, you cannot, you cannot pay for this. You don't have anything to offer to the world that would actually, the world would pay you for. So you can have what you want. So we're diminishing the value of energy that's flowing through us, but we also telling the other person, your energy isn't valuable either because you can't exchange it for enough money to pay for this. Hmm. Wow. I know that's a whole other, that's a whole other way of looking at it. But the world we are creating right now and where we are, we really, I am such a stand for this, that, that we start embracing this money as energy. And yeah. the person who holds the stronger value frame about it is the one who's going to, to acquire it and then use it in whatever is aligned with their values. So why wouldn't we want to create a world where people who are awake, conscious, aware of humanity, aware of how we are connected, have most of this money flow to them so they can do something with it that's actually productive, constructive. Mm. in the new earth, create opportunities for others. Yeah. What's interesting is, I mean, just last week, there was a whole like wealth distribution changing from the billionaires to these like millennials or, you Mm -hmm. know, I don't even know what, but it was younger people. And they're like, no, (laughs) we're not giving it back. Like, well, I don't know too much about it, but it just, it was very interesting that it'd be coming at this time period in history where wealth is changing and the younger people, we all, I mean, if you're awake, you know, the younger people are different. We know that they just keep, they're more awake and they're more about self-care. They're more about equality and things like that than any other generation probably ever. It's just very, it's very interesting. I mean, I, it honestly is just so interesting watching the news and everything that's being revealed day by day about what we've been living in and it's kind of cool. It's kind of just like watching a movie, almost like how right? things are just shifting and changing. But anyway, I, I, I kind of digress there. But it's inter- energy. It, so it's funny because yesterday I got an email from somebody who is a healer who was mm-hmm. saying, I think I want to start charging now. And I said, you should absolutely be charging. You're doing amazing things. And so I, I shared more about that process with him. And I said, you maybe you want to look at that. You know, why aren't you charging? I just love how the universe inspires and brings all that energy up and things like that. And the way that you put it, it, energy, it is an exchange. So, and I was telling the person, I said, if you aren't doing healings because you're not charging, you're not giving them the opportunity to heal (laughs) because you're, you're too afraid to ask what you want and what you need. And they would be upset if, if they knew that it costs only this amount of money, they'd be like, that's great. I want it. Or they'd be like, no, I don't, but you're not, you're just taking out the conversation by not charging. So Anyway, yeah. it was very interesting. Yeah, it's it's restrictive. You're not giving somebody an option. So you're already choosing for them. Yeah. You're, right? Like in that situation, we're already choosing. Yep, you wouldn't pay for it. Nope. Right. So also let's talk about that vulnerability because it really comes down to vulnerability, right? You know, if you say this is my price and somebody says, I don't like that, you know, or who are you to be charging that? You have to deal with that. You have to say, yeah. how do I feel about that? Do I care? And, you know, hopefully not. So I think that charging is about vulnerability. That's an interesting thing that I haven't really thought about. Yeah, it is. It's about willing. Well, so think about it this way. This is just coming in intuitively, so I'm going to share it. For so many generations, healers were taken care of by the community. Priestesses used to be taken care of by the priests when priestesses were around. They used to be taken care of by the organizations. Magicians were taken care of by the king. They didn't have to charge, quote unquote, Mm. for their services. So many of us, I don't know if you speak about past lifetimes. Actually, you must. Yes. Yeah. Hello. (laughs) Yeah, totally. You must. So many of us have have agreements that we've made in many different lifetimes. The, The agreements to live in poverty, to prove our love to God, whatever. (laughs) You see my eyes rolling Mm -hmm. and it worked for that lifetime, but we still carry that with us. So when we are faced with a decision or a choice to charge for something that's already naturally flowing through us, that life force energy, it's already naturally flowing through us. And every single person's is different frequency. Yours is healing. When you allow the energy to flow through you in a particular way, it has healing qualities. 
but it's already flowing through you anyway. So the conversation in our head usually is, how can I charge for this? Like, I know I've spoken to many people who, this is God's gift. I can't charge for God's mm-hmm. gift. Yeah. But God yeah. gave it to you so you can have everything you didn't require. Yeah, I, I I know. I have I've heard I know many people do. say that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually when I first started doing this work, I di- I was challenged by people saying, "How can you charge for it?" And I, you know, it's very lovely to say that it flows through you, and I do believe that. But it does have its consequences. I mean, it does of tire course. us out. There's no effort or anything like that. But it takes concentration. It takes awareness. It takes patience. And that's tiring in of itself. I always say it's when I do an energy healing session, it's like reading a complicated book. Like I'm focusing. Mm-hmm. And so to not charge for that seems ridiculous. If you talk to any businessman, they would say, if it's my time, I'm charging you for it. Right. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. But yeah. it's the same thing with the energy. So so I, I hear what you're saying. Even organizing a business around it takes something. So all of that, all of that was, well, that wasn't given, that you've chosen, but the energy and the gift you're given so you can exchange it for everything you need and require. Mm-hmm. So in a future world, we won't be getting paid for the shoes we make or the cars we fabricate, or like there will be no more manufacturing. There are robots for that. In the world we are creating, what will be paid is what are we using our energy for, which is creativity, which is healing, which is expression, which is creating a space, being a space holder. These are the things we'll be getting paid for in the future, right? Which mm. is all of the gifts that we are already naturally given, we just have misused them by going into factories and stamping things on a belt, but that no longer is available. So we get to start embracing that we really are supposed to get paid for that energy flowing, for that gift that we are given. That's why we're given it. It was interesting thinking about what you said about cars and shoes being made by robots. And I was just thinking about the consequences of that. And I got sad a little bit. I love old fashioned cars because you can feel how they're made by hand. Yeah. At least I yeah. can. And that's why I, I'm not such a huge fan of the new cars. It doesn't really turn me on or whatever. Doesn't I don't yeah. get excited about it. Maybe a few things like the Tesla is cool because it's mm-hmm. got some gadgets in it. I really, when I look at like a well-made something, whatever it may be, I, mm-hmm. you know, I can feel the energy of the heart and the soul that was put into it. So yeah. that in a way it's cool because it winds up, you know, taking something off our plate and we can then become these creators of something else more on an interpersonal level versus a material level. Mm-hmm. But it's just an interesting world to think of. Well, and it doesn't mean that there won't be material things made, but there will be really made with hands. Like there used to be when a guy got sat down or, or a woman sat down and made a pair of shoes and that pair of shoes was infused Fused, with, energy, yeah. with his energy. That is he's using his gifts, the person's gifts. I don't want to say him or her to make this pair of shoes. And it's really valuable. It's the mass production is what I'm talking about. You know, it's like, right, it's, right. it's the factories that people have hid in for, for a long, long time. There are only so many pairs of shoes. Like right now, they're so disposable because there are so many of them, right? Like how many end up in garbage holes? But when they're handmade, when they're special, there is a very different value to it. Mm-hmm. Cherish them. You want, we don't need 30 pairs of shoes, you know? We need, you know, three or four handmade beautiful pieces of shoes. <laughs> right, yeah. I was explaining this to my son yesterday about diamonds and emeralds and rocks and things like that. He's like, well, I make a diamond in two days. And I was like, no. (laughs) And in fact, he's like, well, let's do some research. Let's find out, you know, how do we make a diamond? How is a diamond made actually? Mm -hmm. Because he's obsessed with money and creating things. And then I tried to explain to him. Yeah, I know that's his number and numerology is all about money and figuring it out in, in this lifetime, which is really cool. So I was trying to tell him like the more precious or harder it is to find, the more valuable it is. Mm -hmm. So that was a unique concept to try to explain to a (laughs) six-year-old. I bet. (laughs) It's like, but like I could just make it though. And I'm like, no, you can't. It's, it takes time. And, and that's why also like healers like you and me and people who have been doing this, I was explaining to this guy who is just starting out with healing that, you know, this is what I charge now, but this is what I charged in the beginning. And this was my progression of charging. And the more that I worked on myself, the more that I took classes and things like that, I have to be valued for that. Oh, just part of the conversation. (laughs) Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Right. It's like that anecdote that uh, somebody sat next to Picasso in a bar and he drew a little, have you heard that? Oh yeah. Yeah. On a note, on a napkin, right. A napkin, right. And a woman said, how much for that? And he said, he gave a price. I don't want to, but it was like, thousands of whatever money. And she goes, but it just took you five minutes to do it. And he said, it took me decades to learn how to do it in five minutes. 
Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. I've heard about the electrician, you know, that comes over when there your you house is, yeah, that, that analogy. And it's true. Yeah. yeah. And what's underneath it all is that we really, we, we are entering an era where we get to become really aware of what does it mean? There is a life force flowing through me and that I am responsible for what I value it for. What do I need to be the best vessel for this life frequency, for this life energy, for this flow, right? For this energy flowing through me. What do I need for this vessel to be at its best? So I can be the best conduit for it. Good food, sleep, rest, proper working condition, right? Mm -hmm. Relationships, you know, loved and adored, whatever it is that I need, education, whatever it is that I need to be the best vessel for this energy and then value it for what it is truly, and I'm the only one who can say that if you look at it from that perspective, nobody can set a price on it, but me, nobody knows what I need, but me. So Mm -hmm. sitting down and saying, what do I need? Not in the way that the world set it up, but in a way that I need. And this is happening right now where people are like, I don't need a house. I'm going to go travel. Mm -hmm. So many people are doing it, changing values because the values we've taken on from different generations. And we looking at them and saying, that wasn't really ever my dream. That was somebody else's dream, just Mm -hmm. like my perfect life. Perfect, but not for me. Right, right, right. Sounds great, but not for me. (laughs) There's probably a million people out there that would be like, sign me up for that life, but not you. I'll endure the pain of your dying soul, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, you won't. (laughs) Uh, That person to that person, you can't endure that pain. That pain is so, so deep and harsh and hard. Yeah. But that's funny. Yeah. You just to laugh about it, thinking about people. Yeah. That, I mean, they do it, they do it, but it's just a hard life to live when you aren't living your passion or dream or truth. Yes, uh, yeah. it is. And there is a price to pay because at some point, whatever you believe in, either you'll realize on a deathbed that you have done it all wrong and you will wish you did it all. And even if you had a great life, there'll be part of you that says, but there was a dream inside of me I never realized. Mm. If you believe you come back and you get to do it again, same spot, same circle, same people, then you'll come back and do it again because mm. life is about constantly expanding to the next place of evolution. So there is always a price to pay. That you pay it with discomfort now. <laughs> right. Or regret later. Yeah. Right, right. And I definitely always think about that. How will I feel on my deathbed? Even if I leave today, if my deathbed is today, you know, will I feel like I did what I needed to do? And the answer is yes. I mean, I, I've lived fully and I, but I, I want to live longer and I have more things I want to do, but every day I've lived with integrity and, and in my Mm -hmm. spirit for, for as long as I can remember now. So anyway, thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. This has gone all over the place, but you have so many wonderful gifts to share with everybody. So can you tell everybody where they can find out more about you? Mm -hmm. Sure, absolutely. So anakowalska.com, A-N-N-A-K-O-W-A-L-S-K-A.com. You can find me on social media at Anna, double N, the manifesting artist. I also, I know we spoke about it. I host a live summit which I bring guests just like you to share their wisdom. And it's for spiritual entrepreneurs. Yay! Yay! Learning how to create a 3D success using 5D experience and 5D gifts we were given. So you can find that under sacredsuccesssalon.com. Cool. I haven't heard that word in a long time. Salon used in uh, the spiritual realm, but I used to go to a spiritual salon. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. European thing. Yeah. Did you hear my dog? Yes. (laughs) Hello. He was waiting all this time. I know. Is there anything else you wanted to add? So what I would like to finish our conversation with is just a wish for everybody. And I will even call it a blessing. We are living in such precious times. And I know it's difficult for a lot of people. And a lot of people might say that's such a, you know, hogwash because there's so much tragedy that's happening. In every tragedy, there is the other side of it. Always, whatever there is darkness, there is light. So if we want more light, we have to face the darkness. And we are opening up to an enormous expansion in light. Thus, we have to accept the darkness. So it's not all bad. It's all how we face it. And there are people just like you, Amy, that others can connect with and find support. But it's definitely a precious time and time for us to wake up, serve, create new world. Thank you. That was beautiful. It is a new, wonderful time. I'm excited. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. My pleasure. 
All content provided by Amy Stark and or her guests on the Stark Transformation Show website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, are created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist.